Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, this program is the 415ers brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 195.7 The Game. You can follow Mark on social at Mark Randy. Mark with a C, Randy with an I. I'm on social at egiddings 10 at 415ers across social media platforms. Download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts from. Okay, so I do think that one of the reasons we're talking about should the 49ers be considered Super Bowl favorites? I believe they should not. Mark believes they should be the favorites in the NFC. But really the reason, the driving force behind this question, and the reason why I think Vegas even has them above Philly in the NFC is because of how damn good the offense has looked for the 49ers. And so maybe if you feel like the previous question was a bit unfair, a bit, uh, you know, juiced, so to speak, if we're taking, if we're talking betting terms, this question I do believe is one that is a little more down the middle, which is for those of you listening, do the 49ers have the best offense remaining in the NFL playoffs at the end of super Wild Card weekend, they scored the most total points of any team that played 41. It was a season high. Brock Purdy scored a total of four touchdowns. The team looked like it could not be stopped in the second half, rattling off 25 unanswered points against Seattle. And now they face a Dallas defense that, albeit much better, still I'm not sure is going to be able to slow down this 49ers defense because really no one has since Brock Purdy has taken over as the full-time starter. So Mark, to that question of the 49ers having or not having the best offense remaining in the NFL playoffs, you say what? I think they do. Uh, This is a difficult question because there is sort of a, I don't know what the right right word is, an an energy, an an uneasiness when you're going against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. He's just special. And when you factor that in, maybe you're more scared of Kansas City's offense as a unit because of just the unknown of what Patrick Mahomes might, you know, grab out of his bag and, and what trick he might play on you because he's just that special. But when you consider the offense as a whole, Evan, I think the 49ers are the most dominant, the most versatile, the most tough to, to game plan for. And they put a defense in knots unlike any other team still alive and any other team in the entire league for that matter. I think this 49er offense is just hell to play against. There was a a play, you know, against the Seattle Seahawks where Debo Samuel lined up in the backfield on the right hip of Brock Purdy. And this was down near the end zone. And they had Christian McCaffrey in the left slot. They brought McCaffrey across in motion. And you can just see the whole defense. Oh, my God. McCaffrey's in motion. We have to cover him. And you can see like three guys, including both linebackers, move with McCaffrey across the formation. Didn't even give him the ball. That was never the plan to give McCaffrey the ball. Just clear out some space in the middle of the field, and it opened things up. And and I don't know if they scored on that play, but they got really close to scoring on that play. That's just one example. This Niners offense, because of their weapons and how versatile all all their weapons are and everything they force an opponent to think about, I think they are the best offense remaining in the NFL. And what I can guarantee 
they're the most difficult team to game plan for defensively left in the postseason. No other team in the entire NFL makes things more difficult on a defensive group than these 49ers. That is true, has been true, especially when it comes to turning over other teams. When it comes to the offense, I think that it's hard for me to call any offense better when one has Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. But if Brock Purdy was to ever make a case for him being not the best overall quarterback in the playoffs, but the perfect quarterback for the right offense, I think this would be it because he has everything around him necessary to be successful. And he has clearly unlocked everyone at the right time. And it's not all in the same game. I know we talked to, it was, I forget which week they were down in Mexico city, but how, you know, everyone ate that day on offense. George Kittle had a touchdown, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McKay, like everyone ate that day when Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback. Well, everyone has not ate every single week when Brock Purdy has been the quarterback, but it's been a rotating cast of characters as far as who dominates on a given day on the first game in the playoffs. It was Debo Samuel. It was Christian McCaffrey. George Kittle had gotten a lot of touches the few weeks prior in the regular season. Brandon Ayuk obviously finished with a thousand yards. He finished down the stretch very effectively. Elijah Mitchell getting back in the mix coming off of injury. You are looking at so many different players for this offense that Brock Purdy can pick and choose from and seems to do it with an expert level that we have not seen. And it is not easy. I, I know we talk about how the, the offense is you know humming because there's so many pieces. It's not easy to feed all of these mouths, and yet Brock Purdy seems to pick the right ones at the right times. As much as guys are running all over the field wide open, it is incumbent on the quarterback to hit those guys when he needs to and identify where he needs to go with the football. I have seen him do that at what seems like a near flawless rate, despite some mistakes and a couple of mishaps that have not cost the 49ers. If you're asking me if the 49ers have the best offense remaining in the playoffs, I cannot say they're better than Kansas City because Kansas City has done it the entire year. But what I can say is this offense, and we have not seen Kansas City play yet, is playing at a high level that rivals that of the Chiefs based on the way that Brock Purdy has elevated this offense in the past seven weeks, having scored now 30 or more points in six of the last seven. He right now has this offense playing at a level that I believe can compete with Kansas City. So they may not be the best, but they are at least in second place if you're talking about the offense playing the best football and the quarterback right now playing the best. That's fair. Yeah, and I think maybe if you had this conversation even last week before the wild card round, maybe you would say, well, hey, what about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills? I know they put up, what, 30-plus points in that game, but, man, it was an ugly game for Buffalo. Josh Allen, you know, an incredible player, but, man, the way he turns over the ball, that's going to prove to be an issue at some point in the postseason. Maybe he plays the, the best three games of his life here coming up and he wins the Super Bowl. We will see, but... But that's certainly an issue. I'm I'm with you. I, I think it's between the Niners and Kansas City at this point. Philadelphia, when they're fully healthy and rolling, they're a pretty good offense as well. But I think the Niners are a little bit more dynamic. And something that Kyle Shanahan said on his Monday conference call with the media when asked about Brock Purdy and, and how he's playing, Shanahan, excuse me, said something along the lines of, 
You know, I think Brock and I see things really similarly. Um, and we've, we've talked a lot about Kyle Shanahan and we've kind of jokingly called him a genius. And in the past, you know, why isn't your offense as good as some of, you know, the other offenses in the NFL? If you are this preeminent football mind offensively, why does your offense not look like it? And, you know, Shanahan fans, most of them would answer, well, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's the one holding them back. Jimmy Garoppolo fans or people that weren't as high on Kyle Shanahan would say, well, he's not a genius. He's not that good of an offensive play caller. But maybe simply he just didn't have a quarterback, and this is not a shot at Jimmy at all. He was won so many games with the 49ers, but maybe simply he has just found a quarterback that is a better fit for his system and what he wants to do. And now we're finally seeing the Kyle Shanahan dream offense, you know, at its full potential. And Shanahan is now living up to kind of that genius moniker that got thrown around so often for him, fairly or not. Um, and you have to credit him and you have to credit Brock Purdy and, and Kyle Shanahan and the front office for putting this team together. Uh, but certainly this is the best that an, a Niners offense has ever looked under Kyle Shanahan. And I mean, with the rookie quarterback, maybe there's room for improvement, which is scary enough to say. Um, but I, I think I'm with you on the fact that this team is is playing as good offensively as any other. But I think I'd go just a step further than you and say, period, they are the best offense in the NFL. Are he's still alive in the NFL right now? Yeah, I, 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 I can't pick a team over Kansas City. But what I will say is this offense to me is humming the way that, and I hope that this season does not end the way that the season I'm about to bring up did, but like the 2016 Atlanta Falcons looked when Kyle Shanahan was calling plays for them because Matt Ryan, outside of that season, an MVP season, by the way, was a relatively comparable, you know, fair, good, content, sometimes above average quarterback. But that season, when he had all of his weapons clicking, and when Kyle Shanahan got into a rhythm over the course of weeks and months, that offense was unstoppable up until, of course, Tom Brady in the second half took over and the Falcons collapsed. That's the type of momentum it feels like this 49ers offense has. The only difference between that team and the Falcons team is you also have a number one defense on the other side. So I do feel like there's a lot of confidence and momentum right now with this team that was not seen under whether it be a previous quarterback, a previous year, a previous set of you know coordinators for Kyle Shanahan. And we're going to get to one in just a moment that might be on his way out. But I do think if you want to say that this is the best that a Kyle Shanahan offense has ever looked, I I cannot refute that because yeah. this this team is absolutely loaded and it feels like they are finally doing their talent justice with the amount of points they're putting up on the board. Yeah, well said. I agree. And we were talking before, you know, recording this episode and trying to figure out what exactly we wanted to hit on today. And I wanted to talk about this because you know, all the talk around this team, at least a lot of it, this whole season has been, well, they have the best defense in the NFL. Nick Bosa is the defensive player of the year. But you look at the numbers recently, and not saying the defense has been bad. Obviously, they didn't have their best game uh, against the Raiders in Week 17. Um, they had a relatively bad first half against the Seahawks to start the postseason. But you look at the numbers recently, and the offense 
has been, you know, the more impressive unit. And on a team that has, you know, the best defensive side in the entire league, and everyone basically agrees with that, whether you think the Niners have the best offense, second best offense, third best offense, hell, even fourth or fifth best offense, you pair that with the best defense in the NFL, and you have a team that should get to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And I thought it was an interesting conversation because so much of this season has been focused on how great the defense is. But now suddenly you also have an elite offense and it's all coming together at the right time. It is. And that's what it's all about. I mean, every team that wins the Super Bowl every single year is playing the best football of any team. And right now, the Fort Anders can certainly make that case. Uh, speaking of the defense, there was some news this week that we have to at least you know, get out to the people, make sure that they know, which is D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator for that number one unit in the NFL that we've been discussing is scheduled interview with four teams before Sunday's game. So the Indianapolis Colts became the fourth team this week, entering the mix for D'Amico Ryan's. The Denver Broncos, Houston Texans, and Arizona Cardinals previously received permission to speak with D'Amico Ryan's. I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to want any of these certain spots, although you can never. Like he's only 38 years old. I'm sure he's going to have another opportunity if he wants. And it would be hard-pressed for someone to turn down a, a head coaching job that will be as highly sought after as someone like D'Amico Ryans. But it just goes to show, Mark, that I think, I mean, you honestly said it probably in week four or five. I, I didn't come around maybe until midway through the season. But uh, D'Amico Ryans, if he so chooses, is not going to be with this team next year. No, he will get an offer. Uh, I think, what, there are five openings right now. The four you mentioned that he is interviewing with, Broncos, Colts, Texans, and Cardinals, and then you can throw in the Panthers there. So they're the only opening that uh, isn't currently scheduled to interview D'Amico Ryans. He will probably get an offer. The Texans are one to keep an eye on. He might not want to go there, but, of course, he played for the Texans and had some pretty successful seasons there. So, He's obviously familiar with that organization and that city. Maybe, you know, he's drawn to that just for his past. Um, if you're looking at maybe the best situation, uh, I, I I, don't know, the, the Colts? Yeah. Maybe, I mean, the, the Broncos have a good defense. If he's looking at defenses, it's the Broncos. Uh, but because they have a over the hill, Russell Wilson tied up to all their money for the future. That might be tough to win in the future. The Cardinals are going to be a mess at the very least in 2023. Uh, we, we know the Texans. I mean, they're going to have the second overall pick this year. The Colts had a very bad year, but they might be the best option of, of that group of four. But what's interesting is he's going to have four interviews this week, Evan, when the team is preparing for the Dallas Cowboys. This is a huge matchup. That's going to take a lot of time for D'Amico Ryans. And I'm, it's not on him. It's the way that the NFL sets this thing up. They should not allow teams that are out of the postseason to interview coaches of teams that are still alive. Uh, it it takes away from potential preparation time for those guys that are still in the postseason. And again, I'm, I'm not saying D'Amico Ryans is going to, I don't know, instead of prep, he's going to go on this interview, probably a Zoom or a Skype with the the Colts. I'm not saying that, but your mind is elsewhere a little bit. You're interviewing with four teams before you, Sunday when you're taking on the Cowboys. 
it's kind of unfortunate the way that it plays out. You have a, a great season. You have a great candidate. Your team does. And then they get pulled away midweek while you're trying to prepare for a game uh, to, to see if they might fit with some other team. So we'll see how it all works out. I'm probably making a bigger deal of it than it actually is, but it's just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, to which coordinator is not allowed to interview until after the season over, I say boo-hoo. I mean, that's just the that's that's the rules. Like, you got to open up your head coaching position. Some teams do it quicker than others, and teams want to pounce. So whether they be official or unofficial, teams would figure out who they want as their head coach, Maybe. I think, immediately after those vacancies become available. Uh, also, you got two days of you got two days rest advantage. So D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's I, I don't see a problem with that at all. I think he's locked and loaded for Dallas, and he's just going to sneak in Houston. He's going to sneak in Arizona. He's going to sneak in those other two teams, and they're going to fit around his schedule. For all we know, they could be five-minute conversation, and he, and he says, hey, this is who I want, the number two or number three or number four overall pick. If you don't want that, well, then I'm walking. So who knows? All I'm going to say is, and I uh, obviously I don't expect this to happen. I I'm, uh, I'm don't think it's going to, and I don't want it to happen. Uh, what if the Cowboys come out and put 31 points on the 49ers? Let's say that happens. There well, will... that's a good thing that he interviewed this week. <laughs> there will be talk. There will be talk about how he had four interviews and it took away from his preparation. I guarantee you that would happen. 100%. That might be from one half of the 415ers, but one the other half will not be having that. I can guarantee it. <laughs> Because I do not believe, I mean, that's just how the world works. And if you can't multitask and you can't operate under a tight deadline, Dimiko Ryans is in the position that he is in because he can do more than interview with four teams in a single week, in a game week, yeah. in a week that matters. And his team's going to be ready no matter what. So I, I think the other factor, and you know, I, I'm, I say this completely seriously, it's unfortunate the way that it has played out in the past for African-American head coach or potential head coaches in the NFL. Uh, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, the Kansas city chiefs, it seemed like he's deserved a head coaching job for years and hasn't gotten one. Uh, the way that the whole Brian Flores situation worked out in Miami when he was a head coach and got let go. There's a number of examples. Of course, there is the Rooney rule, which for every head coach opening, you have to interview and consider at least one coach of color. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, of course, is an African-American man, so he is a way for teams to, you know, oblige with the Rooney rule. I'm not saying that that's why he's being interviewed. He's being interviewed because he is a really quality candidate. Uh, but also when there is a quality candidate like that, you can guarantee just about that he's going to be interviewed by almost every single opening because it allows teams to, to – you know, comply with that rule. So we'll keep an eye on how it all plays out, and we'll talk about it on the 415ers. Uh, he certainly deserves a head coaching job, and as you mentioned, I think, early at the top, if he wants one, he will get an offer, and he will not be the Niners' D.C. next year. I think it's just ultimately a question of if he wants to at this point or maybe if he wants to wait another year and wait for a, a better potential option. Yeah, and ultimately, ultimately, in that case, a matter of time. Um, the Brian Flores situation is... Uh, a, a deep dive at best. And I think that I have a few theories on Eric Bienmi as to, as to why he's still an offensive coordinator, but we do not have the time. Maybe we can bring it up over the, over the summer when D'Amico Ryan's inevitably gets some looks for a head coaching position, but that's all the time we have Mark. 
And that is another edition of the 415ers podcast on the spot on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network three times a week. I know it's a bit staggered this week with a Sunday, Tuesday, and then Friday episode, but we will get back on track next week because the 49ers play the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at 3.30 from Levi's Stadium. So we'll be coming at you shortly thereafter. But Mark, I'm looking forward to this preview episode. It's Dallas Cowboys week officially, and it's a big game for the 49ers either way. Yep, second year in a row. They beat the Cowboys in Dallas last year. Now they get them back at home in Santa Clara. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, Evan. All right, that's it for the 415ers podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you next time.